1: At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus.
3: Turns and conditions supply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Mackay Beckton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings were, that large should not run as fast as Mackay Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Mackay Becton tape is for you. Wilson, go into the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones.
1: Wilson looking into wide open touchdown. First NFL
3: touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the
2: middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown.
3: Jones has just caught flat footed. What an excellent,
1: excellent route. He'll hit immediately. You know, it's. <laughs> listen thank
0: you from the play a jet dot com digital studio. this is play like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. you can follow me on Twitter at play like a jet one and it's time to get to know Sauce Gardner a little bit better as a person. you may have heard our film review with Joe blewett if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. We've also got an all twenty two breakdown on our YouTube channel courtesy of the Thunder from down under Luke Grant. Watch that if you haven't already and subscribe to our channel. But I wanted to talk about Sauce Gardner, the person. You hear so many great things. And so I wanted to see what's true, what isn't, and exactly what the Sauce Gardner experience was like for the three years at Cincinnati. So I went out and got one of the best. He covers Cincinnati football for the Cincinnati Inquirer, Mr. Keith Jenkins. Keith, what's up, sir? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey,
2: Scott, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So let's talk about how Sauce Gardner first wound up at Cincinnati. Luke Fickle, the head coach, was talking about how Sauce came in as a junior in high school to one of their camps, which is where they start to look at guys. And then I guess he caught their attention as he got a little bit closer, was a really good high school football player in Detroit. Then they end up going ahead and recruiting him. What do you remember about that process and how he ended up with Cincinnati?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Luke Fickle takes pride in – you know, he calls it like the 300 um, mile radius. Um, You know, if you're in the Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Northern Kentucky, you know, that area, you know, he wants to make sure that you are on the Cincinnati radar and you end up coming to Cincinnati. It's like, you're one of those hometown guys, if you will, um, that's within the area, within the quick reach. And Detroit's not that far away. I mean, it's within a drive, right? Of just up the highway, you head north, and you're in Detroit, right over the right over the border. Um, Marcus Freeman, who is now the head coach at Notre Dame, you know, he also deserves a lot of credit for bringing in Sauce. Um, you know, kind of developing him, you know, making him a big part of of what he is today. But you know, Marcus Freeman building that defense, looking for long, athletic corners um guys that can play man coverage guys with a lot of confidence um guys who are you know not a not a lot of guys who were you know highly touted guys out of high school you know sauce wasn't a guy who had a million offers you know he wasn't a four-star five-star recruit who had you know power five offers all over the place that wasn't sauce and i think that's what attracted luke fickle and, and marcus freeman um, to Ahmad, not not to mention his skill set, you know, very athletic, freakishly long. Um, he was a skinny, skinny kid when he when he got to Cincinnati. Um, he's obviously bulked up a little bit. He's still a slender guy, um, but he's just shy of two hundred pounds now. When he was at Cincinnati early on, you know, he was he was you know not even one hundred seventy pounds, right? He really had to fill out, change his diet. Um, but he was a guy that, like a lot of the Cincinnati guys you know, not, you know, four-star, five-star guys. They had to work their way um, up. They had a lot to prove. They had a chip on their shoulder. And Sauce was definitely one of those guys. He was a hungry guy. And, you know, everything that's that's happening and it is about to happen for him are really things that he had predicted and he wanted and he, you know, manifested and really saw this thing coming. And he really was in a position where, as a freshman, they just needed to give some guys some breathers and, and give some guys some breaks and then they put Sauce out there, picked six, and he never, you know, got off the field again. So I don't think they knew quite what they had in him early on there, but he was a guy that once he got on the field, you know, he never left it.
0: Keith, it's funny you brought that up because Luke Fickle talked about that. He said that Sauce was a skinny kid, just as you said, and that they figured maybe by year three when he was a junior, they could turn him into somebody who could make a meaningful impact for them. Didn't expect anything from him as a freshman, but yet he walked around – Very confident, cocky in the best way, if that makes any sense. And he would look at him and say to himself, what is this kid so cocky about? He's not going to play this year. He's probably not going to play next year. But then, as you said, in the UCF game, the second game of the year, he goes in there because a couple guys needed a breather, gets that pick six, never looks back. At what point covering this team did you look at him? Was it right after that play or was it later on in the season and realize, wow, okay, not only is this kid going to be much more impactful much more quickly than anybody expected but there could be something here
2: no i mean that was the play that was the play that changed everything you know i'll tell you a story you know so marcus freeman as i mentioned earlier you know he was the former defensive coordinator here and now the head coach at notre dame um i asked him about sauce and 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 how that whole thing came about as far as the nickname and when sauce came to cincinnati and when he first met Marcus Freeman and, and he first kind of getting settled here at Cincinnati, he was like, yeah, and my name's, you know, my Garner, but you can call me Sauce. <laughs> and Marcus is like, I'm not calling you Sauce. You know, I'm not – that's not – I'm not – I'm calling you a Mod until further notice. And then on that play against um, UCF at home at Nippert Stadium at Cincinnati, that pick six, returns it for a touchdown, comes back onto the sideline, and Marcus Freeman goes, all right, I'll call you sauce now. From now on, I'll, I'll call you sauce. That was the play that changed everything. That was the play that, wait, we got something here. This is not just a long, skinny, you know, uh, confident guy. This is a really freaking good football player. And I think, you know, it, it's, he's kind of changed how Luke Fickle sees these guys. You know, maybe as a freshman, you're not expected to be an impact player right away, and you're expected to sit on the bench a year or two and learn and grow and develop. But then you got a guy like Sauce who's just a freakish athlete and an and, and, and over-talented and, and, and confident guy. And I think it's important, too, to point out, you know, you see, you, you hear the nickname and you see the necklace with the diamond sauce hanging from his neck, um, and you might think that he's a arrogant guy. He's not. He's very confident. He's extremely, extremely confident and, and, and is very aware of his talents and abilities. Um, but he's, he's not an arrogant guy. He's not a, uh, a guy who's got a personality that's hard to deal with. He's just confident. And as a corner, you want that. I mean, that was the position that I played and he and I talk about it all the time. If you don't have confidence in that position, you might as well go home. You might as well go over to the sideline and sit next to coach. Um, because you have to not only have that confidence to go against top-tier wide receivers, but you have to have a short memory, um, so that if you do get, you know, burned for a touchdown or burned for a big play, you're right back at it on that next play. And Sauce has those skill sets. You know, he's got a very short memory. He's got a very high confidence, and that just to go with the freakishly long, athletic frame and speed and athleticism and and quickness. Um, and then he's deceptively strong. I mean, he's about 190, 195 pounds, and he's six three. He's six three, excuse me. So you can you know that he's a slender guy, um, but he's deceptively strong, and and that's why they played him a lot in man coverage because when he's up on the line of scrimmage, he can really get into you. He's got he does really well with you know leverage, and he he's, his field awareness is good, so he always knows where he is on the field. Um, and I don't want to get too ahead of you here, but I mean he's just. He's really just the perfect package, especially in today's game where you have these monster, monster wide receivers, um, D.K. Metcalf and others. But then you also got a guy like Cheetah, who's now with the Miami Dolphins, who's a a smaller guy, who's a twitchy, fast guy. Well, soft can cover both of those guys all around the field. Um, And then when you got, you know, quarterbacks who can extend plays and you're expected as a corner to, you know, cover a guy for three, four, five, six seconds. Sauce is also that guy. So, you know, when as we're talking about, you know, where he's gonna fall and where he could be, he's just the prototype of today's corner, and that's why he's expected to be a top five pick.
0: And that's why Luke Fickle said that he helped raise the caliber of play of the entire defense. Because what Coach Fickle said is that having Ahmad Gardner let everybody breathe a sigh of relief. Because he was able to essentially erase whatever side of the field he was covering on that particular play. 87 yards total offense against him, zero touchdowns in three years as a Cincinnati cornerback. And it really is fascinating when you think about it that as Coach Fickle said and as you were alluding to, Keith, when he was a junior, nobody even wanted to try him. Nobody wanted to even throw at him. So it really made everybody else's life a lot easier on that defense. I'm not trying to compare him to Darrell Reeves. We don't do that as Jets fans. We don't compare anybody to Darrell Revis. But it sure does sound like the kind of effect that Darrell Reeves had on the Jets defense when he was here.
2: I mean, it's a fair comparison, though. And maybe Jets fans don't want to hear that. I, I get that. And I, I get that it's lofty and, and Darrell is one of the you know top corners of all time. But... It was really an island over there, you know, with sauce. You just – not only did teams not test him, but it, it got to the point where um, coaches and assistants and Luke Fickle and others had to make sure that he was just staying engaged. You know, hey, man, don't get bored over there. Any minute now they could go over there. You know, teams just didn't want to test him. I mean, he just – he was glue out there. I mean, he's he's such a long guy that it's hard to – um, you know, create space with him, it's, it's against him, it's, it's hard to, you know, get any leverage against him, he can get into you at the line of scrimmage, so, you know, whatever move you have at the line, good luck, because, I mean, his hands are on you, and then also, he's fast, he's got a 4-4, you know, speed, so even if you get a step on him, he's still right there, so it's just, it's just hard to, you know, as a quarterback, you're looking over there, And even, you know, with some guys, look, if if you're even, you're open, right? Because they have that breakaway speed um, as a wide receiver like you can create that space at the end. Not against sauce, man. He is just that athletic of a guy. He's that fast of a guy. Um, And I think, you know, for those people who didn't know him um, before the NFL combine, they started to say, wait a minute. You know, this guy is legit as you see his measurements and um, his measurables. Um, And then also he's a guy who's going to interview well, you know, he's not a guy that you're, you're going to see despite the, the old, you know, uh, alter ego and, and the the name and the chain. He's not a guy who's going to get negative headlines. He's not going to be, you know, Amon Gardner was seen that. He's not that kind of guy. He's a hard worker. He comes from a great family. um, And he wants this so badly. He's worked so badly for this and he's positioned himself in a good spot, but yeah, man, he's just, He is a guy that is just impossible to figure out. I remember um, we were talking about it at camp one day, at at fall camp. And he was kind of asking me for some advice because I used to play that position. And I was telling him, dude, as long as you know where you are on the field, you're golden. Like whatever down it is, um, whatever distance it is, as long as you know exactly where you are on the field and where they need to be in order to get a first down, you're in good shape. And that's his best strength is just he always knows exactly where he is. He knows what down it is, what distance it is, you know, what that wide receiver, what that offense needs to get a first down. He's just fully aware all the time of exactly the situation. He studies a lot of film. He knows tendencies. He knows, you know, um, formations and, and what type of things a team wants to run out of those. He is, an, in fact, just he's just one of those guys who – um, football wise, it's just a savant. Um, and it's just when you mix that in with just his athletic abilities, holy cow, man. He's, he's, I mean, as a football fan and as a football guy, um, and a guy and a, and a woman and a fan, anyone who is just a fan of the sport, you know, you just drool at, at what he has to offer because he is that deal.
0: I want to ask you about level of competition, Keith, because this is one thing that gets brought up as maybe the only knock on Sauce Gardner. Cincinnati wasn't in the SEC, so he wasn't consistently playing the best wide receivers. Although, against Alabama, he went up against Jamison Williams a fair amount of times. It was a limited sample size, but he did very well against the nation's most explosive receiver. Would you have any reservations about the level of competition he faced at wide receiver, and how would you answer the critics on that one?
2: Yeah, I think the I think the I get the knock. I understand because he's coming from the athletic from the American Athletic Conference. I understand that perspective, but I also think when you dig deep into this conference and the offenses that they play against, and the offensive players and the wide receivers that they play against, um, it's not it's not like they're playing against you know NAIA players out there or Division three talent out there. Um, Gabriel Davis is a guy that comes to mind. Um, phenomenal wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, you know, he played against Sauce and Sauce, you know, he couldn't get anything on him. You know, Sauce shut him down. He was, a, he's a UCF, he was UCF's top wide receiver in a, one of the best offenses um, in the country at UCF and Gabriel Davis, who was a phenomenal wide receiver at the next level could not get anything off on Sauce. So, you know, sauce his talent and his skill set translates right so when you talk about you're trying to evaluate a a power five guy a group of five guy and you're just trying to say what does what that guy offer can that translate to regardless of what opponent and I think that's that's what sauce is you know you look at his strength his athleticism his ability these things are going to travel whoever you play against um but UCF and Houston and And, um, you know, SMU and other other teams in that American Athletic Conference. Yeah, they're not Alabama. They're not, um, you know, uh, uh, LSU and and some of these other Ohio State and some of these massive power Georgia. Um, But in those games, um, even when, you know, sauce went up against Notre Dame, they put sauce on their top wide receiver. Or even at sometimes he had he went up against their tight end, who was one of the top tight ends in the country and shut him down. Again, like you mentioned, in Alabama, again, the same result. Um, another impressive outing for Sauce was the Indiana game. Um, they had, you know, Fogel there, who was one of the top wide receivers in the Big Ten. He couldn't get much going against Sauce in that, in that game um, at Indiana. So, um, yeah, I understand, you know, people look at the American Athletic Conference and, hey, man, that's not the SEC. That's not the Big Ten. That's not the Big 12. But there are a lot of great, talented wide receivers in that conference and none of them could do anything against Sauce. And when you put them against Alabama, you put them up against um, Notre Dame and others, it was the same story. So whether it was Power Five or whether it was Group Five, it was the same deal um, when you're going up against Sauce. And I think that's what NFL teams are looking at. Hey, regardless of, of the, the caliber um, of wide receiver or the level of wide receiver, day in and day out, Sauce was up against the number one wide receiver on that, on that opposing offense. And he shut him down every single time. And look, man, it's, 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 it's again, like I said, you're, you're, you're drooling for an opportunity um, to have a guy who you can say, we're good over there. Sauce is over there. We're good on that side. Let's put him, up, put him up against whoever. And now we can focus on the rest of the defense because we know on that side of the ball, everything's good. And that's what you're going to get with a guy like my Gardner.
0: Keith, you mentioned that Sauce Gardner is a great kid, comes from a great family. And this goes along well with what Luke Fickle said about him. He said, not only is he the best cornerback he's ever been around, but he's one of the most pleasant people he's ever been around. He said, the more you're around Sauce Gardner, the more you want to be around him even more. So the fact that the coach loves this kid speaks volumes to me. I assume that the rest of his teammates and coaches feel the same way. Tell me a little bit more about Luke Fickle's comment about how pleasant he is to be around and the relationship between the teammates and the coaches.
2: Well, I think it's important to note that as we're going through this pre-draft process and and guys are having interviews with different teams and um, preparing for the next level, Sauce has been one of the guys who's still around campus. You know, he's still going to practices and um, there's another corner, um, an early enrollee at Cincinnati, his name is J.Q. Hardaway and, you know, not to put so much on this kid, but he is the next Sauce, at least as far as physically, you know, very athletic, long. um, And also he's athletically and physically more along um, than Sauce was at his age. So, of course, the expectation now is that JQ will kind of assume that role eventually of being that next, you know, lockdown, long corner. Um, But Sauce has been the practice and has been working with this kid, working on his man coverage, working on his technique at the line of scrimmage. Um, coaching him along, teaching him some things that he learned, um, and now he's just passing it on to the next generation. I think that's, that's a, a sign of, of just who Sauce is. You know, he could easily be back home or, you know, in a gym somewhere, training, which he is doing, um, but he is still very much still connected to this program and to the next generation of, of, of corners and players. Um, he was here the other day. He helped Luke celebrate getting the, the Dode Award, the, the, the Coach of the Year Award. Um, he's parked right outside of the Cincinnati's, you know, bubble where they practice indoors His his new brand new Jeep as he's getting ready for that NFL money. Um, it's parked right outside and he's still very much involved. Um, his players, his teammates love him, man. I mean, that was a thing, um, that I would always ask is this guy just impossible to, to be around. He's got all this attention. And then once the NIL thing became a deal sauce had his own website and he's selling his own merchandise. And you got little kids with sauce gardener t-shirts and shorts. And he's like, man, this guy has to just have an ego out of this world. And they all said, nah, man, he is fun. And he's laughing and he's, he's down to earth and he's, he's humble. And um, when you interact with him, man, he's always got a smile. Um, but man, when he gets in between those lines, he turns it on. He's intense. I um, mean, he's in a, he's a, he's a great competitor. And again, like that's that's what you want in a in a guy where, you know, when it's game day or when it's you know, when it's heated practice moments, he's engaged and he's locked in and he's committed. But he's also a guy who's gonna keep things light and 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 humble in the locker room. He you know, he was never in any fights. Um, he and Alec Pierce, who's also a projected NFL player next year, who will be probably in a third round or so out of Cincinnati, um, seeing those guys go at it uh, was a lot of fun. Every single practice, but a lot of cool thing about about that was um, they would always shake hands before every rep, just having that mutual respect against each other. And Sauce could be like, "You know, screw that guy. He's not as good as me. He's not." Um, but he and he and Alec always had that mutual respect, and even Alec um, got some things on him and scored a few score few score touchdowns um, on Sauce throughout his career <laughs> in practice. Sauce may not have given not have given one up on game day, but, but Alec got the best of him a few times in practice. Um, But sauce is just a really humble guy. And I think that's important for fans to understand is that, yeah, he's got this, this nickname and this chain and and all that stuff and the success and that, Um, but he's really, truly a humble, hardworking guy. And that's what you want. If you're, if you're going to spend a top five pick on him is you want just somebody who's going to come in, work hard and and, uh, be willing to fit into your culture. And he's just that.
0: Keith, based on the discussion we've been having, I'm pretty sure I know the answers to the series of questions I'm about to ask you. First of all, do you think that Sauce Gardner would have any trouble fitting in in the New York market? It's very different than where he grew up and obviously Cincinnati, bright lights, big city. Based on what you're saying, I have a feeling you're going to say that it's not going to be a problem for him at all. But I also was curious... Since you were a former cornerback yourself, how you think he would fit into Robert Sala's defense? Remember, Richard Sherman was the star cornerback there when he was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco. And would you have any reservations whatsoever taking him at number four or fingers crossed, even better, at number 10?
2: Yeah, there's no reservations. As far as him fitting into the New York market and the pressures that come with that, Sauce is a star. You know, Sauce is a guy that, you know, he embraces the cameras and the attention, but it doesn't get to his head. You know, um, heading into this year, he was first team All-American. He had a lot of attention. He was the only first team All-American, you know, in the vicinity. You know, (laughs) like there wasn't one in the tri-state outside of Columbus, of course. Um, But he was he was just as humble um, and just as grateful and just as hungry as he was when I first met him. And that's just the guy he is. He, all the attention and all of the, the, the clippings and, um, you know, all the talk, it doesn't change him. And I just think that's, that says a lot about, you know, the family that he's from. And you got to remember, is Midwestern guys, and I, I'm speaking as a Midwestern guy, a guy I'm, – I'm born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, he's from Detroit, Michigan. And it's a blue-collar town, just like Cincinnati. It's, it's not a, he wasn't given anything. It's, he didn't come from a, a silver spoon family. Um, he really had to work for everything that he's given. He's also, like I, I mentioned earlier, he was a small guy. You know, he, he's not as small now. It took him a while to fill out. And I think he's just getting started too. I think once he get in, gets into um, an NFL locker room and gets into a training room, he's only going to continue to develop physically. So I think, I think we still haven't seen the best of him from a physical standpoint. Um, but he's a guy that's just—he's going to work his butt off because that's where he's from. That's how he was taught. That's how he's been. That's how he's had to be. Um, he—they didn't believe that he could do the things that he ultimately did here. At least not this quickly. It wasn't until he finally got the opportunity that he—that he's shown and, and and he made it to the point where, um, you know, guys, you—you you just can't keep him off the field. And also, you got to think of, of of the the defense that he was playing in. The Jim Thorpe Award winner was on the other side, you know. This was this. I mean, this is, you know, the best corner in the country it wasn't even soft, Um, you know, as far as the award goes. So um, it, it's a very unique situation, man. But I, I think as far as him coming into New York, fitting in the Salah's defense, if he's able to be there with the Jets, because there's projections that maybe he won't not he won't be there at four. Um, but I, I think if you're Salah, you're just like, look. I'm dying to have a corner who I can depend on whether it's man coverage, whether it's zone coverage, whether it's going up against a guy like, you know, Cheetah in cover three and we're expecting you to have the deep third or cover four, you know, any coverage that you need him to, to be in, he can do that. Um, and then, you know, if he does get beat, don't worry. Cause he'll be, he'll be just as hungry the next snap. So um, he's just, if, again, you're, you're clamoring to get a guy like that um, into your building. And if, if, if he's able to be there at four for the Jets, I don't think they should hesitate, and I don't think they'd be you know um, regretful one bit to have him um, a part of that team.
0: Keith Jenkins, Cincinnati Inquirer, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Sauce Gardner with me. Really appreciate it. Phenomenal insight. For people that want to follow you on social media, check out your work, see what you're working on right now. How can they do that?
2: Sure. You can find me at uh, Mr. Keith Jenkins, uh, M-R-K-E-I-T-H-J-E-N-K-I-N-S on all socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then, of course, my website is KeithJenkins.com. Feel free to reach out.
0: Make sure you follow Keith on Twitter at Mr. Keith Jenkins and check out everything he's doing over at the Cincinnati Inquirer. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, including a phenomenal all-22 film breakdown by the Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant of Sauce Gardner, who you heard all about in this podcast. So if you want to watch the film and match that up with what Keith was talking about today, Go ahead and do that right now. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, TeePublic.com. That's TeePublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers Quinn and Williams Bless You Thank You shirt. The Zach Says Go Long shirt. The Zach the Ripper shirt. The Play Like a Jet logo shirt. Caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. TeePublic.com. That's TeePublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and playlikeajet.com.
3: with lucky
1: landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time